It's bigger. It's badder. It's bolder. It might be a tad longer. It's the Houston Open, and the cut line is going to break this week's PGA Tour event down. We're entering the fifth week of the fall swing and slowly making our slow march towards January and eventually major season for PGA DFS. We can't get too ahead of ourselves. Hello, Canada. Hello, Australia. Hello, USA. And hello, UK. The cut line is here to give you the best analysis for DraftKings and PGA Daily Fantasy Sports. Houston, we have a problem. Well, you knew that was coming eventually. Cutline continues to do great things for DFS, and growing your bankroll on a weekly basis is just one of them. But we could not do this without our sponsor. Are you worried about being audited next Thursday? Not at all. Are you worried that a woman has never made it to senior vice president? No. Worried about your daughter going out with a punk rocker? <laughs> Not really. Are you worried about a floppy disk losing all your payroll records? No. If you had 3M diskettes, you wouldn't have to worry. 3M floppies are certified 100% error-free. No floppies more reliable. 3M diskettes. One less thing to worry about. I know what you're thinking. Save online. Save on the cloud. Save on your hard drive. But here at the cut line, we do it right. We grab our floppy disks and we put them in our floppy holders. Save harder. Get a floppy disk. Well <laughs> <laughs> nice. Welcome to the cut line. I'm Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter. New direction, modified process, revamped model, and we finally see plenty of six of six through these positives are going to continue and i'm looking forward to this loaded field i was alone last week but my guy is here now love him or hate him 25 handicap master and martin pillars number one fan his drive slice right but his picks are right on zach manafort Hello, Zach. Hello. What is happening? How were your travels? Awful. Three countries, four days. Um, totally jet lagged. You played golf there, right? I did not. No time. I literally went from plane to meeting to hotel to meeting to hotel to plane over and over and over again. How's the food? Uh, not bad, actually. Food is good. Had a little bit of everything everywhere. Some... Singapore, Philippines, Japan, Japan. It was good. That's nice. You get any? Uh, did you get any lineups in last week? I did not. I was unable to make it anywhere where I was authorized to play. Right. But I did get some football ones in because I got back Saturday night, really. Well, that's good for you. Yeah, it was good. Love football. Uh, anyways, for me, it was a new process. Well, not a new Ooh. process, but a new. Uh, new build structure kind mm -hmm. of for this fall swing and it turned out okay good not as profitable as i would have hoped for but still it turned out okay so we're looking at uh maybe me trending in the right direction good which i which i'm happy about but yeah i know a lot of people are having a tough time in this fall swing though 
Yeah, it's hard with that. I mean, the new courses, at new time of year, like everything's changed. So it's just really hard to go in against data. And it's just tough. Yeah, it is. I agree. Oh, so Cutline is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Houston Open. Now we're going to do the best we can. <laughs> I like these guys. They are funny guys. To make sure that you guys are building the best lineups for this weekend's tournament, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And now the goal of the cut line is to make sure you are creating the best lineups, winning lineups, lineups that are kicking ass, taking names, and scoring big with six of six golfers through the cut line. But Zach, it's Wednesday night. Yes, it is. Lineup lock is a few hours away. What are you going to be doing? Well, I think this Wednesday I've decided that I'm going to go put my new bathing suit on, take a ride up to the beach, and I'm going to go cage diving at night with some tiger sharks. Why? <laughs> Why not? It's a shark, dude. It's dark. It's, there's a cage. There's a little bit of protection. How big does a tiger shark get? Like 15, 16 feet? No, I was going to say like 13, 15 feet. It's bigger than like a F-150. Yeah, exactly. Easy. It'll be like a 9 or 10 of them, right? Probably. Like fun. as an aside, as an aside, I went cage diving with white sharks in South Africa. No, that is cool. Um... These things are huge. Yeah. Oh, for sure. They're giant. We saw like a 16-footer. It was like a bus. It's intense, man. It gets the blood going. Three of them circling around us. Anyways, that's, <laughs> that's, that's foolish. <laughs> Sounds a tad dangerous, but well worth the experience. Oh, for sure. But if you need leverage, <laughs> I know I'm going to be checking out Fanchair Sports. And even with my own uh, personal ownership projections, I know that a second opinion is incredibly important. The guys I trust, fans share sports. So if you're not subscribed, we got a way for you guys to fix that problem. An easy way. Go to Fanshare Sports, input the word cut line in the discount code option, and you'll receive 20% off your membership. Ownership is a leverage not to be belittled. Truth. And as always, a special thanks to PGA and Fantasy National for all the stats they provide for golf fans and PGA DFS enthusiasts. Fantasy National is helping draftees create unique lineups based off key stats and analysis. Trying to figure out why you're struggling week in and week out? More than likely, it's because you are not considering Fantasy National. You're ending up on the wrong end of the flag stick, so I ask you... How are your lineups doing? Houston Open, Zach. New month, new place in the PGA Tour schedule. Wasn't even on schedule last year. Nope. New course setup, maybe? Maybe. What What? What are we looking at here? Oh, man, this is going to be an interesting one. Another one where we're used to seeing kind of a lead-in for the Masters in the past, and now we're seeing it in the fall swing with a much less than stellar field. So it'll be interesting. Uh, Houston Open taking place in Humble, Texas, a little just northeast of Houston proper. It's a par 72, about 7,440 yards. In the past, or last year, last couple of years, it ranked about 42nd of 49 courses in difficulty, so not terrible. 
uh, but still a little challenging from time to time. Uh, the greens is kind of what we're, we're looking at this week to be kind of a little bit of an unknown. Like it was used to be the lead-in for the Masters, so they had the greens running a, pretty fast, uh, a 13 on the stint meter. Uh, so we don't know, you know, maybe it's that lightning speed or maybe they crank it back just a touch to like 12 or 11. Still still fast, still fast and flat. So that'll be interesting to see how guys approach this on, on Bermuda. Um, fairways are pretty wide open. We shouldn't see a lot of issues here, but the, the, the rough can be a little unforgiving, especially if the wind picks up. So if it's going to be windy, which I think it will be, uh, we may want to look at scrambling this week. Uh, there is a lot of water here in play uh, on about nine or 10 holes, but... Again, it all comes down to the wind. If the wind dies down, the water won't be an issue. Uh, but if it picks up, you know, just pay attention where you guys are at. Uh, just looking at the wind and the weather for the upcoming week, still kind of early, uh, but it looks like the winds will start picking up Thursday afternoon, and then Friday looks like it could be uh, pretty much wild and crazy um, from morning till mid to late afternoon. So right now it doesn't look like there's too much of a wind advantage, but that will likely shift between now and then. So please keep an eye on the weather Thursday and Friday because this is a course that you definitely can pick the right side of the wind and you'll have quite the advantage if it does shift one way or another. Uh, for me, for key stats this week, I'm taking a different approach and I'm looking at a bunch of stats. And I'm starting off with JR's gain, uh, proximity from 200 plus. We see most of the shots coming in from that range. Uh, par 5, 550 to 600. There's three uh, of those that fall within that range and one that falls over six. But the three and the 550 to 600 have proven to be scoring holes. So I want to see guys that are good in that range. Looking at birdie or better gain, strokes gain par four, scrambling, a little bit of strokes gain tee to green, and I'm also mixing in uh, over the last 100 rounds Bermuda on both fast and lightning speed greens, because I think we're going to need to see guys that know how to handle kind of the Augusta greens. And with this weak field and, and guys not having a lot of exposure to majors and, and that kind of setup, uh, I think guys who have that experience will, will have a little bit of an edge here. So that's kind of what I'm looking at for this week. How about yourself? Well, there are a lot of stats you mentioned I agree with, strokes gain to the green, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm huge on ball striking this weekend. Yeah. Um, ball striking and approach, I, I think it's very important because they did have always tried to traditionally set it up like an Augusta course. Um, I think that's a little exaggerated at times, but still um, something that's important. Um, of course, I don't really know if they're going to go that route this year being that they don't have to claim, oh, we're getting you ready for Augusta. Right, right. So, yeah. So it, it'll be curious to see what the course looks like. Um, you know, as this week progresses, we see Twitter kind of show its show its benefit by giving us some images and reports. But birdie or better gain, greens and regulation, gain, stroke gain, part five, stroke gain, putting. Of course, the proximity that you talked about. But the one thing you didn't mention that I'm big on yeah. is strokes gain off the tee. Ooh. It's well, a, I kind of I mix that into good drives. Okay, good drives isn't bad. Um, yeah. I, I like the off the tee stat here just as an overall kind of measuring stick. Um, a lot of guys are not going to be pulling out driver. They're going to be clubbing down, which is why they have the longer sh uh, approach shots. Yep. But I think being accuracy here, accurate off the tee here is key. So that's what I'm basically looking at in terms of key stats. And that's going to take us to our Birdie or Better segment. Where we're going to break down each tier of golfer. And Zach and I will discuss our favorite plays and fades for this weekend's tournament. Mm -hmm. And we are going to start in our top tier range. Yeah. The big bad boy from the 1100 to 10K. 
kick it off for us, brother. <sighs> well, I was out last week, but I'm I'm kind of in the same mindset of the last couple of weeks of the fall swing. Is I just don't like this range at all. I don't like paying this much for these guys. Of this crew, this motley crew here, I had interest in Henrik Stenson. I mean, to me, he just grades out better than everybody else by far. My problem with Stenson is, one, he's going back to Asia, like, next week. And he's gonna he's got a bunch of uh, smaller field events that he's going to play in. So I just don't know. I don't understand why he's flying all the way back here to play for a week and then fly all the way back. I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's for requirements or if he's just putting one in. He does do well here historically. He's had four top tens out of the uh, seven times he's played. Two seconds, a third, and a sixth last year. Um, he's, you know, he got a 17 three weeks ago and a third. He's in good form. He's an elite golfer, an elite ball striker. He's good putter. I don't know. I, I want to play him. I don't want to pay his price. But his schedule that follows this has me a little concerned. But if I had to pick one person in the 10K range... I'll take Stenson. I am going to potentially do a hard fade on Stenson. I understand it completely. And he hasn't played on on PGA Tour in the States since he withdrew basically from, you know, the tournament last year, the tour last year due due to injury. True. So we're looking at his last tee off in July. Yeah, at the St. Jude. So that's a while. Um, I'm not going to trust that he comes back now. He's a great approach player, but somewhat struggles off the tee historically. Um, even the last 10 rounds he, he's played, he's less than, he's minus 0.4 strokes off the tee. And I think that's a pretty important stat this weekend. Now we know his approach game's elite, his short game's elite. Um, so it's it's still a cause for concern until i see it i'm not gonna have much stents in this weekend yeah i don't know i mean the bmw championship he got 17th and that was a couple weeks ago and the scandinavian masters back in august he got third so i mean i think the injury is behind him but there has been he's and he's taken a lot of time off in between those events so i don't know i think he's well rested i think he's obvious he's better than this entire range combined, but I don't know where his ownership is going to be. I feel like all the ownership in this range is going to Henley, and I don't want any of it. Oh, I think Stenson's could be popular. I got him at about fifteen percent right That's now. That's crazy. What do you have Henley at? Uh, we got Russ at about twenty. Okay, all right. Yeah, so I, I kind of feel like Henry's the the big draw, especially at ten one. But well, the history there. Uh, right. Exactly. I, 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 and I mean, we'll we'll go straight into Henley. That's fine. But one quick thing about Stenson, I mean, that that's pretty popular for a guy who hasn't golfed in a long time. No, he he by far is the most talented golfer in this field, you know, just by name. Sure. But but I I have no interest. It it's not going to be a hard fade. I am going to say that I will ha- end up with some shares in my new build process. But still, I'm going to be underweight. That's for sure. Now Henley, the course history here is is immaculate. Yeah. And. And the 20%, it might be something that you need to match. Um, obviously, a cash gameplay, potentially. I still think it's too expensive for cash, but I could see someone trying to roster it based on how weak the field is. But, um, you know, that's kind of risky itself. But um, 
it's the elite course history. That's really all that appeals to me here for Henley because it's not like he jumps off the sheet in like historically. Now in the last 24 rounds, yeah, he's been great. He's been seventh tee to green, tenth in the opportunities gained, 23rd in greens and regulation gained. But he struggles on the par fives. He struggled putting, and he struggles kind of in that proximity. 200 yards plus and he's kind of in the lower tier off the tee in the last 24 rounds mm-hmm. so those are all kind of recent trends that that make me curious about Henley but it, it it doesn't matter he just seems to play well here that to me it's hard to not have him in some of your lineups especially in mass multi-entry yeah you know I just think he's gonna be too high owned for me I kind of went back and I was looking at like, okay, he's not really playing that great of golf right now. He's making cuts, but he's not he's not producing. But I mean, last year when he won, or not last year when he won, uh, no. So he came in 2017, he won, and his form was about the same. He had a ninth, and then a bunch of 40s. And I'm looking at all the previous years, kind of going back and back and back, and it's the same thing. Like he just, you're right, he plays well here for whatever reason. It doesn't matter what his lead in is or what's going on, but. He just plays well. In 2018, he came in with nothing better than a 15th in seven weeks prior to the event. And then he came in, what did he come in last year? I don't even remember. Uh, eighth. So, I mean, he top tens like every time. But, uh, I don't know. The ownership's too much for me, I think. I think I'm just going to hard fade and cross my fingers and try to be ahead of 30% of the field. A guy I wanted to mention, and I know you're going to hate this call. Don't and say it's And it. it's such a me call, too. Is Cam Champ. And after miscut last weekend, after a win, we're looking at significant reduced ownership in the single digits. Yeah, man. You're right. And I like that. And he has no no course history here. So anyone who's trying to play any angle is going to be like, oh, I'd rather go down to Berger or or up to Stenson or down to Henley. I feel like he's going to get lost in the noise. And, of course, he could burn you because he's so... He's so flaky with his approach game, but he's incredible off the tee. And I, I maybe I'm weighting it too high, um, but I still think it's important in my course breakdown and kind of looking at how this course plays. Yeah. Um, his tee degree game is kind of iffy because he he struggles sometimes with that approach and 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 just that proximity. But I I think Cam Champ at single digit ownership is a must play because you don't need them in a ton of lineups to leverage the field you don't and so yeah you're right i I think you're talking me on to him because now i'm looking at it and on bermuda over the last hundred rounds on fast lightning or lightning greens he's ninth uh on just his small sample size on overall stats and 13 rounds he's second in birdie or better gain and first in par five scoring from 550 to 600 it's pretty impressive now, I don't normally get this on my private model where uh, a guy priced so high is kind of ranked a little lower. He, he's barely cracking the top 30. I have him at in 30. My private model. <laughs> exactly 30. But um, it, it's a cause for concern, potentially raises some red flags. But if his ownership stays at like 6%, you don't need a ton of lineups with them in there. So it's not going to sink your weekend. I, I think Cam Champ is a great play. He's a great pivot from from anyone in this upper tier if you're only going to play one guy. Um, obviously, don't go nuts. But um, 
favorite thing is he's first off the tee in the last 100 rounds. First off the tee, and he's second in birdies or better gain. It's crazy. 15th in ball striking. He's got the stats here to compete. Could potentially get his second win of this season. Yep. So, um, I do want to say that Berger does have some interest for me. We don't have to go really highly into him, but we know what Daniel Berger can do on the golf course. Yep. Um, it's just that price is so high for someone like him. But I do like his recent form. 18th at the Shriners, 23rd at Safeway. That's a positive for me. Where he struggled in the, both those tournaments was his approach game, but he was successful off the tee and successful in the putter. I hope that continues. I will have a little bit of Daniel Berger, but I'm going to be underweight to the field because I just don't think the best plays are in this 10K range. I agree. But um, math, math, mass multi-entry allows you to kind of tailor your lineups to get everyone in there that you, that you could potentially see with some success. So, all right, let's go to the 9K range, man. And 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 for me, this is like a dead zone. It was hard yeah. to find guys I like. And, and I know a lot of people are going to go straight to Pat Perez. Yep. But um, not me, man. I, I like Pat Perez. Don't get me wrong. He played really well last weekend, but... I'm gonna go to to Matt Jones here. Who? Matt Jones. <laughs> Matt Jones. Matt Jones. All right. Fourteenth. Fourteenth uh, in the field in strokes gained tee to green in the last hundred rounds. Thirteenth off the tee. First in strokes gained par five. Where he's kind of middle of the pack. That kind of concerns me is his birdie, birdie or better in ball striking. So that is something of a little bit of concern. But, again, as we've seen with this false swing, the things that we might or may should be concerned about really doesn't exist. Historically, he won this tournament in 2014, with then followed by two missed cuts, then a 49th and 52nd. So his tournament history is not going to be very appealing to some unless they're looking a little bit back, looking five years back. So Matt Jones, again, looking at his ownership, Where'd I put him? Only about 12%. What the? So, so again, you're looking at a guy who is not going to be heavily owned. You don't need heavy exposure to him. And this is a guy who could easily, as proven before in the past, can win this tournament. It's interesting. I think, I, I think 15% is still a little high, though. 12. It's still high. Come on. At 9K, I think that's too much. Or 9,100? I don't know. just seems high for me. All right. Well, who else you got? Uh, I don't really like anybody in this range. I mean, there are things I like about some people. I mean, if I had to pick, again, I don't know. I think Danny McCarthy is probably a guy that I'll gravitate towards. Ninth last week, trending better. Uh, he had a 31st four weeks ago, 18th, now 9th. Um, he got a 43rd in his only appearance here last year. Um, for me, you know, I'm looking at a couple of things that stand out for me. His par 5 scoring is pretty good. The scrambling game is good if the wins do pick up. And overall, he's just he's a solid putter on Bermuda. He ranks 8th for me over the last 100 rounds on Bermuda fast greens. So I think if I have to choose, I like McCarthy. My issue with Danny McCarthy, and I like him too, don't get me wrong. He gained nine strokes putting last weekend. True. Nine. 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 
Two weeks before that, he almost gained nine again at the Greenbrier. And he's just kind of either losing strokes tee to green on approach, um, even his lost strokes off the tee. If that putter goes cold, that is a missed cut. That is a lineup sinker and stinker if oh. that putter gets cold. I'm with you. I mean, there are things about the other two guys I like in this range are, are Russell Knox and, and Scheffler, and I think each of them have an equally red flag on a different area that it's going to be which dart do I throw. And I'm more comfortable with McCarthy at this point. Fair enough. Because I think he can save himself with it, with his putter. I don't know that. I don't know that Scheffler and Pat Perez can do so. I think Pat Perez probably can, but I don't know that Scheffler can do it. Well, McCarthy tied for forty third last year, and we know as we've seen so far this season that the upside is there, but but the risk is here too. So, GPP play McCarthy is sound like Yoda. <laughs> McCarthy is, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I I do like him, but. There's a lot of risk that you need to understand that you need to realize when rostering him. Sure. Uh, last guy I want to talk about in this 9K range because it is kind of a dead zone for me too is uh, Keegan Bradley. Mm. It's too early mm. to start that nightmare. Well, <laughs> I mean, you look at his stats. The Saturdays and Sundays have been what has ruined his kind of weekend, and and of course it's 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 not just that. It's it's the putter, right? Last week in 70th, the Shriners was, was minus four strokes putting. Um, at the Greenbrier was 1.6 positive putting, but lost off the tee in an approach. So I'm really hoping he just ties it all together. And especially with the weak field, that Bradley can take advantage of that. Now, Bermuda is by far his worst putting surface. Yes. But most of the golfers in this field are going to struggle on Bermuda. Um so it's not for me like a huge cause of concern and i think we could see some success here from keegan bradley uh historically 43rd in 2014 tied for fifth in 2015 missed the cut in 2016 tied for 15th in 2017 and then of course a 43rd in 2018 so he's had success here two top 25s one top 10 um, I think Keegan's in play. Has he ever played the Masters? Who, Keegan Bradley? Yeah. I was just trying to look back on how he putts at the Masters, and I don't even see it in his history anywhere. I find it hard to believe that he hasn't, but I just don't see it. Maybe he hasn't. Doesn't look like he has. Hmm, strange. I was just going to try to see how he finished, but I guess he's never played. Played in April 12th, 2015. Wow, I have to keep going. Finished 20, 22nd place. Hmm. All right. Okay. So obviously he putted well there. He missed the cut in 2014. I haven't gone back that far. Oh, there we go. Okay, now I see it. 54th okay. in 2013. Shall I keep going? No, I'm just curious. I was just curious if there's a difference between his overall bad putting and then fast faster than we usually see Bermuda Greens putting where maybe he's a little bit better than awful. And it seems like that might be the case. It's Keegan Bradley and it, it it's 
it's the putter. I mean, of course there's going to be problems. Either way, I don't think I'm playing him. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, yes. Yep, that's all I got. I got no one else in this range. I hate everybody. Well, the, I, I hate this field, but whatever. No, so I, I think the field's good in like the 7K range, but I think outside of that... You always think the field's good in the seven k. It is it's like, so good. This is not this. This is not like some new concept. Uh, it is. It's where the money's. All right. Made. Anyone else in the nine k? We good? No, get out of here. All right. Eight k range. In my favorite, favorite name, and slowly becoming one of my favorite golfers, Mister Cameron Tringale. Oh baby, I knew you were gonna. I saw his name and and I knew you were gonna pick him. Dude, those stats are misleading. They are. They are. His long-term stats are misleading, but he's going to be so popular, but I think I'm going to eat it. Well, you think his, he's going to be popular? Really? I think he's going to be up towards 23 24% owned. Oh, I didn't think he'd be that high. It's Trangale, man. Look at look at the recent form. Yeah, look but at everything. look at his course history. Two, two missed cuts. Back to back. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Fine. And his proximity from 200 plus, eh. it's fine. Uh, He's okay on Bermuda, 44th at the Safeway, 16th at Sanderson Farms, 36th at the Military Tribute. That's too much, though. He's not finishing high enough to pay 8K for this guy. Over 8K. Yeah, you're over evaluating the field. 8,700? That is insanity. Oh, it's insanity that Daniel Berger's in the 10K range. I mean, come also on. We're, we're the, we are looking at a crazy field here for DraftKings. But, first of all, his name, super, super sexy. <laughs> and in all honesty, should have no bearing on you drafting him. But, sixth overall in the field in the last 24 rounds in strokes gained T to green. 25th in opportunities gained. 7th in birdies or better gained. 22nd in ball striking where he used to kill you off the tee he's middle of the pack i think he's in play uh. now the ownership does concern me in all seriousness as much as i love tringale if he's going to be upwards at 20 something percent that's going to be a hard fade yes because you can go elsewhere Yish. There's a lot of people in this 8K range. There's a lot. There is. There's quite a few. So There's quite a few. Who else you like? Luke List, 8,500. 11. I love Luke List this week. I'm looking at his Bermuda fast, tr- fast track. He ranks number two in my model all over. Overall, third in birdies are better. First strokes gain, two to green. 14th, par four. Eighth, JR's gain. 14th in good drives. He also has pretty solid course history here. He's got 24th last year, 3rd in 2017, 27th in 2016. His recent form is, is suspect, although he did get 13th last week. That followed two missed cuts. So I am hopeful that he's on the uptick, and I'm going to hit him right as he peaks. He wins, and then I can forget about Luke List for a long time. You just really worry about that putter. Yep, I do. But... Historically, he ranks about 45th over his last 100 rounds on Bermuda, fast Bermuda greens. I'm okay with that. That's above the cut line. 
The stats are all right. For 8,500, I will take a shot on Luke List. Currently looking at List at about 12.7% ownership, um, which is very high, but people are going to pay up and get guys in this price range. So one thing I like is that the Shriners, he did gain strokes putting. Mm Mm-hmm. And as fast as these greens are, they're not incredibly challenging. Again, it's that over-exaggerated master's prep that used to exist, and I'm not going to buy into that. Um, One thing I do want to point out, though, is that the last two, three times that he gained strokes putting prior to the Shriners, (laughs) he missed the cut. So there are other factors that you have to deal with Luke List. Um, as great as his game can be at sometimes, it can just fall apart. So, oh, I mean, you look at his like he's just been awful outside of last week, right? So, so it is definitely a risky play, but I just feel like this is where he gets back together for a little bit, and then he'll fall off the wagon again. You know, I I would rather just pay for Sebastian Munoz because we know what we're gonna get. It's more consistent. It, it's a. I think he's a better golfer. Really, all the way to ninety four hundred for that. I mean, I mean, he's he wondered Sanderson, so that that I'd rather go to Sebastian Munoz for that than than stick with Luke List. And I know we're at eighty five k. I know we're talking about the eight k range, but I, it's just something I'd rather do than yeah. sit in this middling range of guys I don't like and players that are playing bad. And but your boys here. It's not my boy. That's your boy. 8,400? That's your boy. No, it's your boy now. <laughs> I don't know. I do like Berger. I think he I think he, he, has a, he has potential here. He's definitely not the best statistically, but I have some interest. Not a ton. Not enough to talk about, but I've got a little bit. Recent form's a little, little crazy. 55th at the Shriners. Missed the cut at the Safeway, but then, of course, 6th place at Sanderson. So we're looking at he's kind of all over the place. Um at Sanderson Farms, though, the only thing he lost strokes in was off the tee, which technically is his struggle. So I'm not sure I'm buying a ton of Bronson Burgoon here because of the the struggles off the tee. So in this 8K range, just like with the 9K range, I had a hard time. But I think I'm going to go to Sam Ryder. Okay. Yeah. Sam, Sam Ryder, reason for him, eh. You know, it hasn't been that great. But historically... I like Sam. I think he's a good play. In this tournament, specifically, oh, lost my she out. Well, while you look for that, (laughs) I will tell you who my favorite play in this range is, and it's down at 8K. It's Lanto Griffin. Gross. Gross! Are you have you seen this kid in the recent form? He is crushing it. He is gaining strokes total 6.1 last week, 5.5 at Safeway, 9.1 at Sanderson Farms, 7.6 at Greenbrier. His putting last week was zero, but he still put up 6.1. And then the three previous to that, he's crushing the putter. I think this is the week he puts it all together in a terrible field and at least top tens. Oh, so we have to make another bit, the Lanto Griffin bit. Lanto, you know? look, I thought he was good because his putter had been streaky 
the last three weeks before the Shriners. So I would have been all over him last week, and I'm I'm glad to see him come back down to earth and he gained no strokes putting and still do well. His game is coming together. Like last week, it was the putter. The week before that, it was around the green. The week before that, it was a little bit of off the tee and approach. But it's something gets better every week. You're talking about a corn fairy journeyman. Like he's like what, what better some time? Twenty three year old. Like what better turning time? his game around, gonna end up on PGA Tour. I don't need him to end up on the tour. I just need him to show up in a weak field where he's, when he's playing well and crush. At 8K, he doesn't need to win. By the way, Sam Ryder finished in fifth in 2018, but we can go on to your Lanto Griffin. No, 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 we'll go back because just don't even play him because I'll, I'll have all the Griffin. You can have all the Griffin. Griffin! <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? He's missed so one cut the in the last of... hey, 12 weeks. Hey, I'm just saying. Hey, I got bad news for you, buddy. As much as you love Lanto Griffin, so does the rest of DFS. I got him projected for 21% ownership. Bro. Good. We're all going to win the money. You can take your fifth place Sam Ryder and 9,500 Sebastian Munoz and miss the cut. At 10% ownership Good. Sam Ryder. And y'all can have Russell Henley and then I'll be ahead of 45% of the field. That's fine. You build your chalk. Your chalky shit. <laughs> I mean, a guy named... Uh, Lanto Griffin, a corn fairy journeyman, is yeah. going to be over 20% owned. Good. And I get the recent form. I get all the stats you're talking about. But come on, man. <laughs> uh, I'm still playing him. Don't care. I'm going to have a lot of them. 20, 25%. Man, I, ho- I hope Tour Junkie starts like hyping this guy up. They will. Hope- so that's the problem. Everyone's going to hype I him hope- up. I hope... I hope Kendo and Tambo, they just fucking hype him up, too. I, even though that that is not a Ken, Kenny play. I hope everyone gets hyped up, and then the, and Wednesday everyone gets the he's so hyped up anti, anti-hype train, and then he goes back down to earth, and then I'll be the one on 25%. This is not. That never happens. Knock I know. it off. <laughs> knock, knock it off. You're making narratives that never occur in PGA DFS. Oh, I'm going to create it. This is the week. I feel good. I took a week off. I feel refreshed. I feel like Sun JM taking a week off after 62 weeks of playing. Lanto Griffin. Who we don't see this week. What happened? Where's Sun Jay? Uh, he, uh, from what I understand, he's got a, uh, a bar mitzvah. Oh, okay. He's got something for real going on. I was going to say, I, I missed my weekly just click his name and move on. I miss like Morikawa and all those guys. Oh, I do. I wish they were here. All right. Anyone else in this 8K range that you have interest in? Blah, blah. Nope. Bud Collie. Yeah, Bud Collie. I was going to say Bud Collie. I, I like Bud Collie. I'll have some Collie for sure. Yeah. Other um, than that, I don't really have a ton of guys that I like. 20th overall in my rank. 14th tee to green. Um, long-term, Bud Collie looks good. And, and I, I think it's key that, that you do get plenty of pieces of him um he did miss cut at the shriners that's going to reduce his ownership but he's a name that's still going to be very popular so we'll probably look at still 10 to 12 percent yeah well, what do you think about uh another guy i think will gain some hype train zin jung zhang uh, i think it's jin that's what i said zin hoon chang zhang zin hoon chang yeah. yeah, yes yes it's been a long day i'm still jet lagged 
lies. Uh, oh, probably I about fourteen percent. See, I feel like he'll be popular. I don't want any pieces of him. I'm just saying. I think that'll be one that takes some ownership away from some of these guys. Yeah, potentially. All right, all right. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the seven K range. Yeah, and, the range that matters. And my favorite player here is Johnny Vegas. Johnny. And I can't believe he's not getting more hype, man. Um, you're getting him pretty cheap, I think, for this field. For a guy who could easily win this tournament, he's 20th off and stro- he's stro- I'm sorry, he's 20th in strokes gained tee to green, fifth off the tee, 19th in strokes gained par five. He is 32nd in greens and regulation gained, 21st overall in ball striking, and 21st overall in my fantasy national model. He's only seventy six hundred dollars. All right, did miss the cut at the Shriners, fifty fifth at the safe or fifty sixth at the Safeway. So his game isn't on point. He's struggled with the putter like he typically does. But you're just hoping for that hot putter, man. Like we had at the players. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So I love Johnny Vegas this week. I might be, you know, double the field. Dang. I haven't really done my builds yet, but it's it's a it's a it's a choice that I might have to make. I mean, I see it. He's done well here, two top twenties in the last three years, so I get it. Um now if he does get into that upper eighteen, nineteen, twenty percent, then I might have to fade him. Yeah. I think anyone that's twenty percent in this range, I think you have to fade. Okay. Who else do you like? Um one who I don't think will be popular, but I kind of do like, is Martin Laird. Kind of. Kind of like him. For me, at 7,800, he's kind of like a, I don't know. I liked him a lot when I first looked into him, and then I came off of him, and now I'm kind of back on him. Uh, he ranks 24th overall for me. He's kind of just middle of the field in most of the stats. I mean, he's 20th in par 4, 25th in scrambling, 30 or birdies, better gain. Uh, I think he's a pretty good putter on... Uh, on Bermuda, if I remember correctly, I gotta go back and look because I just lost my screen like you did. I'm all sorts of weird issues today. Yeah, he went 11th in on Bermuda fast greens for me. He's got the ability to just kind of turn it on if his putter gets hot. He's been up and down recently. His course history here is eh, 66, 66 a couple years ago. I don't know. He's kind of middle of the road, but I think he'll get forgotten. I think he'll make the cut. And I'll have some. Not all, but some. A guy I love in this range is Wierenski. His recent form is pretty impressive. 18th at Sanderson, 3rd at the Greenbrier. Uh, he's been gaining strokes putting, gaining strokes around the green, off the tee. His tee to green game has been impeccable. Um, struggled slightly with approach in the last five rounds. Mm. But overall looks in really, really, really good form. Um I think that if you can get some ownership leverage here, it's going to be a solid play because his stats never really pop. And that to me is, is something that really drives ownership because anyone can get, you know, access to these stats. Sure. Plus his, plus his course history suspect at best. So now those times that he played this course was at a different time of year. I I think he's in way different form right now, and we're going to see that this weekend. Yeah, that's interesting. I keep I keep forgetting about the different time of year angle. 
Yeah, and then we're looking at single-digit ownership for Warensky. Yep, I'm with you. I think that's a good play. But I'll tell you who the winner is going to be. Who's that? Michael Thompson, 7,300. Oh, Michael Thompson. Come on, listen, listen. He's fantastic on these courses. I don't care what time of year it's played. If it's Bermuda and fast greens, the dude is just on it. He's 10th in good drives, 12th in GIRs gained, 18th in birdie or better, 8th in strokes gained par 4, 5th in his last 100 rounds putting on the surface. And you look at his course history here, 14th last year, 12th the year before, and then a bunch of 60s and missed cuts. But he's playing much better golf. Yes, he missed the cut last week. I like it because he was 23rd the week before. I think this is a course where he shows up, and I think in the weak field, this is the perfect event for him. You know I, what? I, I really I do think I he's going to be top 10. I don't normally agree with you, but you might be right. I, I just think this is like the culminating event. If he can't win here, then I don't know where else he can win. There, there's risk here. His game oh, for sure. after last week, it, like statistically, it looks in shambles. Like yeah. There's a lot of risk for Thompson here. But, I mean, this is a guy we were riding in early January and February last year. Yep. When he was ninth in the Desert Classic, 13th at the Farmers, 10th at the Pro-Am. 7th at Genesis, 16th at the Honda. I mean, he was on fire yep. with his game overall. So if you can get that, Michael Thompson, you're absolutely right. You can get a winner here in this range. Um, also, what appeals to me there, we're looking at sub-5% ownership. I love Michael it. Thompson. Yeah, that's a great call. I love. I I really feel good about about Michael Thompson. I really do, and I, it it is definitely risky for sure. But he's my by and large my favorite play in the seven K range. He might even be my favorite play on the whole the whole week. Yeah. Well, I I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now the the top in terms of ownership in this range is gonna be Doc Redman. Yeah. He's he's talked up everywhere. It, it's it's warranted, and it's valid. Yep. I mean, he might be a guy that you just throw in your lineup because you need to kind of fill out that salary saving position. And at 7,200, he probably is underpriced in this field, and that's driving his ownership, to be honest. No, I'm, I'm with you. Um, not the greatest putter on, on Bermuda, but 42nd at the Striders, missed the cut at the Safeway, 52nd at Sanderson Farms. Personally, I wish he missed the cut last weekend. It would have drove his ownership way down. Yeah. But um, not going to happen at 7,200. He's he 13th overall in my fantasy national model and 7th off the tee, 20 t- t- 20th tee to green in the field, 8th in greens and regulation gained. He, he's going to be popular. Yep. All right. I'm going to do it. Oh, it's, been, it's been my ship sinking over and over and over. <laughs> Just fucking play Sep Straka and Stra- Straka. Just putt, please. Just nope. putt. Not the week. Just do it, man. It's not the week. Don't, don't, don't do it. I I've been riding him this whole fall swing, and it's been riding me to L's. Yep. Um, but he looks so good statistically. Ugh. I can't. I cannot. I can't. I can't even come up with multiple reasons why I won't do it, but I can't do it. He can't be this bad for this long, right? He, he can. He can. That guy's game is, is seriously good. And his putter is so bad. Yep. 
I don't want to chance that here. His worst surface is uh, Poa. I really, really hope that. I mean, we have one, two, three, four, five straight missed cuts. It's going to drive ownership way down. People are going to jump off the Sepp Straka train. And when that happens, that's when Straka turns around and gets a <laughs> top 10. <sighs> nope. Not this week. Fifth overall, my fantasy national model. Fifth? Fifth. You're, it's broken. Run it in again. The last, in Crunch the last it again. Tw- in the last 24 rounds. Crunch it again. All right, we'll do it again. We'll go to 100. <laughs> this is a custom stat model, by the way. It's going to get worse. It's not going to get worse. He's going to be like outside the field. Uh, all right. <laughs> So in the last hundred rounds, oh, God. kind of many of the same issues, but ninth in my fantasy national model. I, come on, man, he's not that bad of a golfer than I, he's playing right now. And I he could turn it around, and you're getting it sub five percent. We talk about leveraging the field. You're doing mass multi entry. You throw Sepstraka in your lineups, like for a twenty max, you only need him in one or two. <sighs> No. No. All right, that'll. Anyone else? Anyone else uh, want to talk about Duffner? No. About I Davis? like Duffner. I like Hearn. I like Cam Davis, but not enough to talk about him. Those are just three of the guys that I like. Maybe JJ Spawn a little bit, but. All right. Well, that's take us to our 6K range in our MG Monsters in Guarantee. Yeah, yeah. The Martin Pillar effect. Yeah. Where Zach and I. We'll select our monster, the player we believe to finish in the top 25, and our guarantee, the player we expect to make the cut in the 6K range. Zach, this segment is named after you. Kick it off with either your monster or your GG guarantee. GG. Who you got? Man, I'm looking over this, and I must have been like really out of it. Because I highlighted some guys that I am like, why did I do that? But, on to the segment. So, Monsters and Guarantee. I am going to start with a Guarantee, and it's going to be kind of off the wall. I'm going to try something something different here. So, I'm going to go with my boy. Well, actually, your boy, maybe. Mr. Taylor Gooch at 6,700. I just Gross. think that he's going to make it. I just I have a feeling that he turns I it around. Gut plays. It's a gut play. <laughs> it totally is a gut play. I've really got nothing to back this up. Yes, he made the last two cuts the last two weeks, but I mean he lost almost six strokes last week. The Shriners and still finished seventy first. So if he can lose six strokes, then he can make the cut. Because if he just plays better than terrible, he's going to beat half his field. Fine. There's my gut play. Guarantee. I, uh, I'm going to give two guarantees because I'm a badass motherfucker. Oh, that's not fair. Well, it is fair. It is fair. Sean yeah. Stefani has made three out of the last five cuts here. And those three cuts that he made were top 25 finishes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stefani, not a household name, but often a name we look at when he's below 7K as an option to make 
your cut in strengthen your lineups. Obviously, we want a better finish than just a mixed cut, but his recent form looks good with a 28th finish at the Sanderson Farms. Um, he did miss the cut, though, at the Military Tribute at the Greenbrier. But the thing I like is that his off-the-tee game was solid last weekend, or when he did play at the Sanderson Farms. Putting was great, and around the green was great. So these are all things that we are looking for. My second guarantee is narrative-driven, and that's Scott Harrington. Mm. You know, recently uh, finally got his tour card, went through all that, you know, the sad kind of events with his wife and her dealing with cancer. Um, yeah. She she beat it and, and, you know, is thriving now. But Scott Harrington is playing with, you know, uh, a chip on his shoulder. Statistically, he's not going to necessarily pop anywhere in anyone's model. But I think he's a safe play to make the cut. The guy is on tour for the first time. He's 30th overall in my fantasy national model. Again, he's not going to pop anywhere, but he's that guy that can make the cut and actually do very well. So 23rd at the Safeway. He did miss the cut at Sanderson Farms, but then 24th at the Military Tribute at the Greenbrier. So two out of three ain't bad here, especially with the guy who's sub-7K. And those are my guarantees. Fine. I'll throw another guarantee out there as well. John Hunt. I knew that was coming for you. I had to. I'm, I'm my daughter's favorite, my personal favorite, and he's made five, seven cuts here. And he actually made the cut last week, so I'm going to ride that train on guarantee number two. Fine. Fine. But the moment you've all been waiting for, the third place finisher in this week's tournament, I think, is... 22-year-old Brandon Bailey. Okay. So, let me tell you why. One, he grew up in Texas, so he's played on these type of services before. I like that. Two, he has been doing well the last three weeks on some, you know, much weaker tours, but this is a weak event. So, in uh, early September, he came in third, where he shot under 70 in all four rounds. Two weeks before that, came in fourth, and Back in early August, at the Taco Bell Classic, he came in T3. So, his last three events, he's top five. I like it. He's not going to be owned at all. This, of course, all his are on the All-Pro Tour, which no one cares about. But, this feels weak. He has a ridiculous ceiling in a weak field. He's from the area. He's young. He's got something to prove. Brandon Bailey. Ridiculous ceiling? Ridiculous. His, Ridiculous. his ceiling is... Second, I won't give him the win. I don't think he's Colin Morikawa ridiculous when he first came on tour, but he can get second. And for what is he bare minimum, six k? Thank you, six k. Twenty-two years old from Baylor University. Yeah, turned bro in twenty nineteen. Yeah, exactly. It's the year of the young guns. All right. So if that's the trend, I am most definitely you're going to appreciate my monster. Yes. And I am going with the rookie out of Stanford, Mr. Brandon Wu. Woo! Woo! Turned pro after playing in the Walker Cup. Oh, God. In his stellar career, he finished fourth on the all-time Stanford scoring list behind, drumroll please, Tiger Woods. Oh, jeez. Average of 71.46, over 137 rounds. 
And he was named second team All-American and an All-American Scholar in 2018 and 2019. Don't have a lot of stats here, but I am going to go with the Young Gun as my monster. Oh, Don't it. need a lot of Brandon Wu to get leverage to the field. But when he finishes in eighth, potentially sixth. Uh, yes. If he's in the top 10, I'm impressed. But top 25, I think, is realistic for this. And you got a 35th at the U.S. Open. So there's I'm, that. I'm, I'm not saying he's he, he's good. I, I, I've I been picking some monsters. All right. The tr- maybe the, the 2019 is the year of the monster for you. I hope so. All right, anybody else in the 6K range? So many. There are so many. So many people I'd like to thank. Um, top of my head, Ryan Brem, Henrik Norlander. And I don't know why I have Chandler Phillips highlighted. I have no idea what I was thinking there. Boo Weekly is interesting. He does well here for some some reason or other. And then, of course, Brandon Bailey, who's going to win. So, Or come in second. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe John Merrick. I hate this field. <laughs> Talking uh, about guys that don't matter. Stuart Sink has the course history here. Obviously not missing any cuts. 58th, 50th, 33rd, and 23rd. Enjoy the chalk. He's going to be popular, obviously, for that reason. Scott Brown, same difference. 37th, 71st, 71st, and 76th. But not impressive with those 70 finishes for three straight years. Of course, another player who has not missed a cut is Graham DeLate. Yeah, I've got him highlighted too, and I just don't believe it. Tied for 19th, tied for 42nd, tied for 27th. So those are typically what you're going to see with the 6K range. People are going to look at that ownership. I am surprised you did not mention your pot-smoking boy, Robert Garrigus. Uh, he's dead to me. I, been, I believe he was making a comeback. I was wrong. Who's been awful lately. Yeah, terrible with miscut after miscut after miscut um not enough uh bermuda grass for that guy uh so all right that is a wrap the cut line is over oh you men are all alike seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys to boast and brag you better keep your mouth shut oh i think i love him the Houston Open starts up this Thursday. Make sure you join us next week as Zach and I break down everybody's favorite tournament of the year. Mm-hmm. CJ Cup, man. We're already at the CJ Cup. It's here. Big shout out to Fantasy National. Special thanks to PGA Tour. And of course, a many thanks to Fanshare Sports. Remember, use the code CUTLINE to get your 20% off. The most gratitude goes to you, the listener. Thank you for spending your time with us, and we appreciate the fact that you are going to thank us when you're winning on Sunday. Zach, good to have you back. It's great to be here. Sucked. Sucked doing it by myself. Nah, last I crushed weekend. it again. But awesome work as usual, man. Couldn't do the show without you, even though I've done it now twice. <laughs> <sighs> And that'll do it for the cut line. Go and get those monies. Get those wins. See you at nine bridges, bitches. What the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Later. (laughs) Peace.